Guys, what do you call um, an accordion playing ghost? What? Hmm. Polka haunt us. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> is that like an slightly inappropriate joke? I'm Halloween is forever. I'm Ryan. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. Steve made a, a face <laughs> that was like he could smell the joke physically. Like mm-hmm. he had a sensory yeah. reaction to that joke. His eye, his face was the same way, you know, like mm-hmm. it's the sounds and the, yeah. everything that came out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. It was like somebody put like smelling salts under it. his nose. <laughs> he tasted that, how bad that joke was. It, it's, it, it was better on paper. It didn't <laughs> deliver in the way that I wanted it to. But you know what? We'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. They can't all be gems. Do you remember those Pocahontas glasses you could get at Burger King, like when we were kids? Yeah, they're the only glassware I have. That and the <laughs> McDonald's uh, uh, Batman and Robin series glassware. Yeah, uh, I have happened? several of those. They need to start doing glassware again. Let's I know. go. Well, they do. They have, do have the uh, the boo pails, which I uh, I did get one for my niece. I did. Yeah. I did pick one up for her. Yeah, but they don't Guys. have lids. No, they don't no. have lids. They're not as so weird. Not nearly as good as the old ones, but I mean, they're not for kids. They're just for, yeah, you know, 38 year old man children uh, <laughs> like myself. Um, do on if somebody was like, guys, a million dollars, right? You got to put it on. Yes or no. Has Brian collected all three of the boot pails? Which side are you putting it on? Mm. I would say no, simply because of location and finding them all might be a problem mm-hmm. where we that would live. Be my only, yeah, that would be my only thing, too, because of like when I went and got the one pail and I was like, I'm going to grab mm-hmm. this for niece. It, they were like, we only have the green ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, so mm-hmm. actually, no, I'm going to take it back. You have them. You you made a point. You travel a yeah, lot. Yeah, sure do. You're, you're- yeah, I sure do. I got all three of them, guys. <laughs> I got all three of them, some bitches, in my kitchen right now. I went, uh, well, between Kate, myself, and one of our friends who ended up getting me the third one, you know, we probably frequented something like uh, a dozen McDonald's in the last couple of weeks, but we got them, baby. We got the set. <laughs> uh, we had some goddamn Happy Meals. I've been eating some cheeseburgers this week. Um <laughs> No, see, none of, us, none of us said no out of lack of trying. Yeah, we yeah. just said right. no that maybe yeah. they didn't have them in the area. Yeah, yeah, no, I got them. I got them motherfuckers. Also, here's a here's a here's a, just a little bit of a of a news flash for you. Regular ass McDonald's cheeseburgers suck. You yeah. gotta get a, you gotta get a double. <laughs> a double or a quarter yes. pounder too or much a Big bread. Mac. It's too much bread. Yeah, way too much bread. Um you really it really showcases how truly tiny the McDonald's burger patty is when there's just simply one of them on the burger. I decided, you know, like those toys, like those weird adult Happy Meals they were doing for a little while there, too. Um, mm. I mm-hmm. also went because my niece put me out on the prowl to like, like grab they had, them. Like dildos so, in them and shit. Um, I just talked about my niece. No, Brian. <laughs> oh, stop. I just heard adult Happy Meals. I just assumed well, they had, called you know, adult, adult Happy toys. Meal, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, Maybe. Yeah, like anal Maybe beads. A future. And, yeah. <laughs> 
But There's I even last pipe. time I got one of the, when I got one of those, I got the Big Mac one, and I like ended up taking out the bread again. What is with all the bread, y'all? That's all I'm well, saying. I, too much yeah, bread. No, it's too much. It's too much bread. Uh, you're not. That lying. was the end you're of my lying. story. That just got ruined by you bringing in <laughs> anal beads and dildos into well, the you conversation. You said adult happy Fine, meals. Of course, a, like, I immediately when when I used to live up in Wisconsin, we we lived in the best trick or treat neighborhood ever. It, we used to get like 300 kids. It was just nonstop you got kids. Dildos too. Well, did you, did you have, no, no, no. Here's where I'm going with the story. <laughs> um, all the parents in Wisconsin walk around and get hammered while their kids trick or treat. It's a blast. Fuck yeah. They do. Um and so at our na- on our neighbor, you know, I when I live, you know, I worked for for Miller Miller Coors when I lived in Milwaukee. So I always had just like a- an alarming amount of beer. Um so I would uh put out a cooler uh that was I, I the first time I ever put it on, you know, put it out on the on the porch, I put a little sign on it that says adult treats. Um, and Kate was like, that sounds like it might be dildos. Um, so put treats for adults. And then I changed that, that subtle change in wording made all the difference. It really but does. Why didn't yeah. you put out dildos is my Because I didn't work for a dildo company. If I worked for a dildo company and had unlimited dildos, I would have no. given out dildos to the entire, uh, um, you know, neighborhood. It's, but it's arguable whether or not Miller is a dildo company. But. <laughs> It is they hire company. a bunch of dildos. Let's be yeah. real. It is kind of like a dildo Brian. company. Like Brian. Yeah, like me. Yeah. Um, anyway, guys, uh, we're not here to talk about dildos. Today. We're no. here to talk about, we kind of are here to talk about dildos, but we are also here to talk about a brand new, newly released Shutter exclusive from the year of our Lord, 20 and 22, we're talking VHS 99, guys, uh, which we watched. Uh, well, we all watched it over the last couple of days because it just came out on Friday, right? Thursday or Friday? Come out on um, that 20th year. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so we're going to talk about that, but we got a couple other things we got to do at the top of the show here. couple of things first and foremost. This time of year, we get an alarming amount of new listeners, which we very much appreciate. But also, fuck you, you freeloaders. You, you bandwagon fans let's see if you're hanging around here in february i dare you because uh, no we we get a lot of new fans which we which we very much appreciate and a lot of new listeners here's how this old show goes every monday we release an episode once a month first monday of the month uh we do what's called a showdown episode so what happens there is our listeners and our social media friends suggest a bunch of topics for us we put them on this big old spinny ass wheel we draw three of them we put them on the social medias for everyone to decide via uh, votes uh, on a poll on Instagram and Twitter. And then uh, whatever wins, we each pick a movie associated with that topic or subgenre or whatever the hell it is. Uh, and then we talk about it. We argue which one's best. Um, someone gets put in the Boston Crab. Uh, and then ultimately we determine whose flick reigns supreme for that month they take home that some bitch and championship strap for the month uh currently steve is the champ uh i will listen it pains me to say it but he is in fact the back-to-back champ i believe mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in consecutive mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. um <laughs> so we've already decided what our I november still put an showdown asterisk on october i still already did you know in I, my and mind, i know you do and it? i know you do um <laughs> but unfortunately so there was some turmoil. Go back and listen to the October episode, guys. 
Yeah, that's all yeah, I'll you'll say. Hear, you'll mm-hmm. hear the change in my. There tone. was a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> Meg got really butt hurt. Um, anyway, Steve <laughs> did take it home. Um, and then the week after that showed up, so whoever wins gets to pick the movie for the very next mini-sode, which is our kind of uh, other episodes throughout the month, which are, in fact, rarely miniature in, in, in length. In any case, next month, our November one, um, which we will be talking, you know, leading up to this episode, we'll be watching the movies associated with it uh, around the spooky season, around uh, the, the really the week of Halloween, which, of course, is this very week. Um we're doing Universal Monsters. Um, so if you have a suggestion for a Universal Monster movie, classic or more contemporary, that you think we should give it a good old look, maybe it's an overlooked one or maybe it's one that's underappreciated or something like that, throw it our way. Also, uh, if you want to give us a review on like the Spotify's or on Apple Podcasts, if you give us five stars and write a little thingy, shoot me a DM. It's at Halloween is forever at uh, uh, at Halloween's forever on the Instagrams. Um, and I'll send you some damn Halloween's forever stickers in the mail. I actually sent out about eight of them last week, which was uh, pretty cool. Otherwise, we're on all the other social media platforms. Search Halloween is forever. It's a damn little digital pumpkin thing. You'll see it. Um, but we're talking spooky shit all damn year long. All right. Um, what else? Uh one other, uh, I guess, announcement we should probably uh, make folks aware of. We did have a live show scheduled at Hop Farm Brewing Company uh, on Saturday, this coming Saturday of kind of Halloween weekend, which was the 29th. Unfortunately, that is going to need to be rescheduled. Uh, some situations beyond our control uh, have manifested themselves in the, in the world, and uh, we are not able to do that, do a show there that night, but that's okay. We're going to do one, um, you know, coming up not too far down the road whenever we have some more details on when that date is. We'll keep you, we'll keep you abreast rest of it um but we are going to do a you know a live show here coming up soon but it is not going to be this saturday uh so fyi now before we get into this damn flicky uh does yins have some beers that you're drinking uh-huh what you got i am back on my old fallon bullshit yeah and for you was i think i was just drinking the classic pumpkin a couple weeks ago mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this one is the pumpkin cream ale cheesecake? Cheesecake. What? Cheesecake. I love a beer with a what? with a, a, a high fat content. You know what I mean? It really helps <laughs> head retention. Mm-hmm. I want a beer that can spoil in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Must keep refrigerated it it or curdles. it will curdle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. is it? Is it good? Yeah, it's, I'm gonna say it's fine. No. no matter what you say, I'm going to say no. But go right. ahead. Right. Yeah. I know you want to say no, but actually it's fine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's just it's a little bit tangy, a little bit sweeter than the other mm-hmm. one. Like O'Fallon, they never really, every time they say they're making something crazy, they actually don't push the limits of mm-hmm. like being super fucking gross like they're yeah this one doesn't have i don't think it actually has actual like cheesecake in it like whereas, no, cream, no actual cream cheese and sour cream yeah that's probably preferable yeah like I, i'm pretty sure there's you know the more gloop glop brewers will throw in a full Sara lee but uh <laughs> that's not how o'fallon rolls so yeah they have more respect for themselves yeah, it, it, yeah. but yeah it's, it's a little creamier a little sweeter and just a little bit of spice and yeah mm. so it's fine it's nice it's fine it's fine what do you got meg um can i guess <laughs> go ahead try to is guess. it bush apple 
It's not. Uh, I mean, is it I see light. <laughs> is it no. Hitchhiker with uh, a cheesecake in it? <laughs> it's Hitchhiker. It is Hitchhiker. Mm. But what I found, I mean, I do have a sidecar Coors Light, so fuck off. Because um, <laughs> you guys. A little Colorado Kool-Aid. <laughs> got that Colorado, Colorado Kool-Aid. Um, no, but I'm drinking mm. Conversion from Hitchhiker, which is a dry hopped Blondale. And it's fine. It's good. Yeah, I have no yeah. other comments to say besides. That sounds like something I would be drinking, and I feel like I'm drinking something Steve should be drinking. Um, someone what? brought this to the old Halloween party last night. I had a big old Halloween party uh, at our house last night. It was an absolute blast, but I am very tired. Um, but uh, this is Firestone Walker's Mocha Dolce Nitro Stout. Yeah, I like it. That. Is, bomb. It is nitro <laughs> stout. Instantly excited because it, or excited because it's Firestone Walker. So yeah, it's not a they, glue they make good that beers. Steve would get. No, they they do. Yes, make, it they is. Do, yeah, oh, Steve would drink this. It's pretty damn sweet. No, he would. He would. Mm. But I feel like you haven't had one like from them ever. You go for like all these like hip glue not on the show. Great yeah. divides and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, this is kind of in that same range. I mean, it, this is a vanilla coffee. And cocoa nib nitro stout. Only 6% though. So it's not up on the par with Steve's normal zoom zoom juice. But <laughs> it, is, uh, it is 6%. And you know what? It's not bad. I wouldn't buy it. Like I said, someone purchased it, brought it to my home. Um, and this is the first one I'm having of it. And it is quite sweet. Um, a little little too sweet for me. Uh, but it's perfectly serviceable. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to jumping into this one right after, which is I have a Cinderland's uh, Danville Train Fest Beer style lager mm. um, on deck uh, to wash down the gloop glop here in a couple of dang seconds. But That one's yeah, pretty overall, good, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. But I think, I think I've definitely for sure picked up that Firestone at JR's in their mix of six. So it feels like a, a Steve beer. Very it much is. so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's get into the son of a bitchin' movie, guys. Um, again, we're going to talk about VHS 99. We did talk, uh, oh boy, when was it when VHS 94 came out? That last was, year, probably that was about the exact same time. It was about a year ago. ago. Yeah. Um, and we all very much liked, if I recall, very much enjoyed VHS 94. I have come to really, really like the VHS franchise of anthology films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they're getting better and better. That's just my my uh, spoiler. Did you ever feel, feel it, like there was a couple years? So like, I don't know if anyone took over for it, but I really enjoyed like the first two. Mm-hmm. And then the following couple, I just felt like. Whoever was doing it, it's kind of like when things just go too extreme, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And that's and then but then coming back with 94 was when I feel like I started kind of feeling like I'm like, OK, I can follow this. I'm like, I can be into this one. You know what See, I mean? And then, I would agree with this because I would agree with that because like, yeah, VHS and then VHS 2, which were 2012 and 2013. I enjoyed both of them. Not every single segment, um, mm-hmm. but uh, then VHS viral. You know what? Yes. I don't know if I I think I started watching it and turned it off. Not necessarily because it, I, I mean, I wasn't particularly interested in it, but it was more um, I was just like tired and fell asleep or whatever. Um, but then, yeah, 94 came back strong. Now, here's 99, which, like I said, I, I really enjoyed. And then next year is they're doing VHS 85. Yeah. Mm. So they're kind of bouncing around weirdly. 94, 99, then 85, which, um, again, I I. I 
you know, like I said, I kind of I've kind of dug most of them, really. I should probably go back and watch VHS viral. I remember VHS two, which was the one that had like the. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I'm thinking of a I'm thinking of a uh, different anthology altogether that I was associating with VHS 92, but or VHS two. In any case, let me go ahead and kind of go down through really quickly because we'll go in chronological order, I would imagine, through the actual uh, segments. Again, these are all anthology films, so they have little individual like uh, kind of short films, sequences, and typically they do have a fairly structured wraparound story that uh, that kind of is interstitched between the individual segments or short films. This one, I would say, was a little bit... There, it's never... It's not like body bags, you know, where you have John Carpenter cracking jokes and doing like pseudo uh, Crypt Keeper shit in between them. Like it's more of like other found footage type of things happening or it's a scenario where people are either being forced to watch or have somehow stumbled upon some disturbing found footage um, type content. Yeah, they definitely took that a completely different direction. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say this one's more presented in the idea that we're watching just one singular tape all mm. the way through. Yeah. Because there, there's so many mm-hmm. other like things that seem to be like half erased, half recorded. I think you yeah, even or taped s- over mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. It reminded yeah. me of one of my old like skate videos where we used to like, you know, re- you know, do a bunch of filming and then we would just like record over shit after Mm -hmm. we transferred Mm -hmm. it so like the transfer would get worse and worse and like eventually you you just be like skating here and then all of a sudden you'd see like one quick you know two quick second clip of us like playing goldeneye you know what i mean (laughs) in the middle of the skate video shit like that um do you even see uh i believe it's the veggie veggie masher segment from uh vhs 94 (laughs) like shows up in that clip of something that was taped over so Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So you get this. Yeah, little, I was almost like, like yeah. looking while I was watching like those in between segments because it did feel a little odd that because um, I, I feel like even in 94 gave us an outlook. Like, there was almost like this entire other scenario going on. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, I was like trying to look for something within that and i don't know if you guys even read about it or if there was something we missed mm-hmm. that was kind of what i walked away with i'm like or is it just really this like very random vhs that's someone creating a like live war scene yeah you know? it's one of those things where like some of the original ones uh i don't think it was 94 but maybe like was it <sighs> i'm trying to remember i don't remember Which- the wraparound for two because i think one was just like a haunted house with a bunch of tapes in it yeah and then viral i believe was like somebody found like some dodge sprinter that had like a broadcast system of a bunch of tapes and shit inside of it yeah there was another one that was like um it was like two people and maybe it was the first one Mm -hmm. was the first one the one where it was like the people break into the house and they end up watching the tapes Mm -hmm. and then the Mm -hmm. second one i think was the one where they were like some sort of military unit that were going in to find this like some sort of like criminal or 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 serial killer or something and then it ended up spoiler alert at the end it was like two of the actual people within the unit that, no, no, like, that was yeah, that, was, that 94. was 94 yeah that was that 94, was 94? okay yeah. okay yeah. okay gotcha yeah i'm trying to remember what the heck was two hmm, i don't I think i, don't, I, I don't think remember. two I know, it, the way it reads 
on IMDb, both two and one have kind of the same premise. Same kind of rapper. Okay. Yeah, they both yeah. Pre- it's both people breaking into a house and then they find a bunch of tapes and then watch different tapes. set of per- people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they were pretty inconsequential, the wraparounds, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one has five, count them, five uh, segments here. Um, and yeah, I guess if you guys are cool with it, we'll just kind of go through them, you know, in chronological order. Um, the first one is titled Shredding, and it is uh, written and directed by Maggie Levin. And, um, you know, I, I guess the 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 high level kind of synopsis is these douchebag uh, like kind of want to be pop punk rock band consisting of uh four members it's like it, it, they're it, the act the name is rack which is an acronym for their names which is rachel anchor chris and caleb um and they're all shitheads except for anchor <laughs> he's like <laughs> i mean this this you see this even though they're di- directed by different people you see this across uh several of the segments is the i think what they were trying to communicate is that the Kids in 1999 doing it on their little like handy cams um, mm-hmm. were a lot less media savvy and a lot less like self-aware in front of the camera than like people are nowadays. So they're mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. being insufferable douchebags. But they're also <laughs> showing them like saying a lot of sexist and homophobic things and stuff like that. But like, you know, was way more commonplace in 1999. And I think they were trying to yeah. communicate that more, but it came across as like just very cartoonish yeah. almost, mm-hmm. um, which I, I had no issues with. Like the, the thing about these movies, like they take themselves seriously. They're very earnest, but they're not like trying to be you know elevated in any capacity. No. If I can make any comparison, just this past week, um, I was just finding random movies to watch and I like finally watched like Jennifer's Body and I'm forgetting the name of the other one I watched, but they all kind of came out around the same time mm-hmm. and like hearing just the way they wrote these scripts, but kind of exactly what we're talking about where they're using language that today you're like, this is just cringy for me to be watching this right mm-hmm. now because this would never ever fly right now oh yeah it's kind of weird it was like and but i did also i want to echo like i also appreciated like some of the way they did the shots because this was the one where they had like some of even like the skateboarding stuff in the beginning right yeah they had like they or even it would just cut through this reminded me of it a lot like you just be there'd be them talking and then they would cut the scene and then there would just be like a quick image of uh of somebody like trying to do a really lame board slide or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple in a couple of the segments, they were skateboarding clips. But I mean, you know, listen, in 1999, all I did was skateboard, too. So and no, no, honestly, it put me in. A, I think they did a great job in to a certain extent, as much as like the behaviors of the characters themselves, like I think you hit on the nose, like feel like a character or a caricature of like people then. But it did mm. put me in a time and place of like my teenage years of like mm-hmm. having a bunch of friends who wanted to skateboard. And we had those, like, I think you called them handy cams. That was probably what they were called. The smaller ones, but that's mm-hmm. like all we fucking did. Like, and I knew so many people who skateboarded into that. So it, I did think they did a oh, good yeah. job, like setting the scene for what we were about to go into. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely like a proto jackass is what 
Because yeah, a lot they're, of they're they're inter- yeah they're also yeah shoving people shoving people into bushes with shopping carts and shit like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so they they are they are just just jackass era of sorts. Yeah, generally douchey. You know, meant to be what probably like 15, 16 year old kids um, that are in a band, but they also are just like think they're really funny doing like fucked up pranks, and they just will not stop fucking with anchor uh anchor i think is how you say his name um anyway uh they give him a lot of Anker, they give him a, lot of sh- a hard on on her yeah that's it um but they also are like kind of shitty and racist to him too um because yeah. he's clearly of like middle eastern descent um and they say some shit to him about like about I forget exactly how they how they verbalize it, but they're saying like vaguely racist shit. He's like that friend that they all just kind of just pile on and just he he's just kind of like a, you know, a beaten animal that just kind of follows them around out of habit almost. Um, but yeah, because it doesn't make any sense as to why he's with them. Because they're yeah. like, they're at no time are they ever just nice to him. No, they treat him like absolute dog shit. The like whole usually, time. like usually when you set up group dynamics like this. There's like at least one person that's nice to the other, to the victim mm-hmm. that keeps mm-hmm. them coming around. But yeah. like, there, it seems like from the jump, there seems to be no reason for him to be around or mm-hmm. one to follow the rest of these kids into the, the, this underground, you know, uh, venue. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, he, he is, uh, again, it kind of communicated, you know culture of a couple of decades ago where it was like it was constantly oh we're gonna fuck with this person we're gonna fuck with this person and then if they get upset it was like we're just joking you know what i mean (laughs) whereas i think like kids now are a little bit more savvy about those like social dynamics where they're like no you guys are pieces of shit like i feel like less i'm sure there's plenty of instances where this still happens but maybe i'm giving them too much credit but i i think kids nowadays are probably a little bit more self-aware where they probably wouldn't necessarily take this type of abuse in the same way whereas back then i feel like it was a more commonplace i don't know um i I think i I think it's also just because there's other opportunities nowadays for like people to just disconnect from those groups because they can just and 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 swerve into a different friend group or whatever or just go online and look you know look for people online even though like it can be socially retreating i think more people are just more willing to give that up and like "Eh, i'm gonna go hang out with my call of duty friends or whatever Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, the, the These three, well, and, 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 and Encore is trying to do this too, but it's like, you can tell it's not him. It's the other three. They try to be this like kind of, like you said, jackassy kind of edgelord type of uh, people. And they decide that they are going to break into this um, uh, closed up, boarded up uh, concert venue or club show venue called uh, Colony Underground. Right, right. Where there was this up and coming band uh, like several years before that was called Bitch Cat, which is a great band name, by the way. Such um, a good band name. <laughs> yeah. And they're like this kind of, I don't know, edgier, kind of no doubt ish type of uh, band. They're, they're, the, they're the Lunatics. 
Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Where they're like trying to be like super edgy in a very like stereotypical 1999 type of way. Um, But in any case, uh, the story goes um, that they played in this venue. There was a fire and then they were essentially like trampled to death by their own fans uh, and you know, multiple people died. Uh, well, the band specifically are the ones who died. I think they actually said four people, which was four members in the band. Yeah. Um, but they were trampled to death by their fans because of this fire that happened. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, talked about how, Oh, like their boots are still melted to the floor in the venue and stuff. So they break in, they go in, um, and they just basically fuck with encore, the uh, encore the whole time. And like, you know, they, they like set up stuff before they go in there and then they lead him to believe cause he's the one who's kind of like scared to be there. And he brings these like, um, uh, this like bag of spices that are meant to like ward off, uh, what do they call it? The buta, mm-hmm. which, it, mm-hmm. we, which I think we had talked about in a, did we talk about that in a previous episode? Uh, that I remember. No, I but, so. okay. yeah, this is kind of like, it's, it, it's like a, uh, a like a supernatural creature type of thing from uh like specifically bangladesh i believe is where it comes from um but it's also like related to like the arabic jinns and it's kind of in that same realm um you know usually the ghost of a deceased person but it's it's more associated with with the uh i guess i, I guess he's indian and now that i think about the name is obviously mm-hmm. quite indian um but this is kind of think about you know the uh um you know the middle eastern there or the arabic jinns this is kind of, you know, Jin is to Arabic culture as uh, Buddha is to um, English, uh, Indian culture, I guess is probably fair to say. Anyway, so he knows a little bit about it and you could tell it's a little bit part of like his culture and he's legit scared of it. And they just make fun of him the whole time. They fuck with him. They do all these practical jokes where they're acting like they're possessed while they're playing and freaking him out. He eventually gets Which super I'm not going to lie. That was pretty good. I felt like that scene was perfect. I, I you know, what when I mean? they started like they playing good, and then they all started and they just like, like stopped. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that, yeah, was pretty uh, good. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 It's a good fake out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, not to spend too much time on this one. Um, ultimately, uh, the three, uh, you know, member, it's the three members after Encore bails and says, fuck you guys, I'm out. And he's like, I hope you guys get fucking killed. Like, fuck you guys. Yeah. He's like, food is going to come. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They then do this like obviously very tasteless almost (sighs) ritual ish type of thing where they have like blow up dolls like old style like (laughs) blow up sex dolls and they fill them with red jello and they like they're saying like oh let's see if we can actually see what would happen if we you know trampled these dolls like would it would it result in their death like could this be real yeah yeah Mm -hmm. recreating the the tragedy in a lot of ways yeah right and and so they just and they're just being like super disrespectful and assholey and like all this shit and uh, as you might imagine uh the three remaining asshole band members one of them just gets you know uh, sucked up and then kind of torn limb from limb. Uh, and then, you know, the chase is on through this like subterranean, uh, uh, venue that they're in. And as you might imagine, it's the, the members of bitch cat who are now these kind of like, 
ghoul. I, I, I mean, I would say I would describe them as ghouls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of like skeletonized, you know, zombified, but also they have ghost powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, it, it, it's pre- and, it's pretty decent makeup and it, it's a it's a nice look. Mm-hmm. That they have, yeah. It it the, and the way they shoot it, it's very dark, so you mm-hmm. never get like a super clear shot of them, even in the close ups. But, um, you know, so this girl band, and and you get like this little cut, uh, in the film, uh, or you know, on the, on the 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 hypothetical tape, um, that is like a promotional, um, video that they made for Bitch Cat. Um, in where they do all this like very stereotypical like 90s um, <laughs> like rah-rah type of stuff badass you know uh, band, you know punk band stuff and they are kind of recreating it a little bit in the afterlife as as these uh, these ghouls so ultimately as you might imagine uh, in you know several different kind of creative fashions uh, the the band is uh uh, is dispatched rack is dispatched and ultimately meet the same fate as um as bitch cat and then you do get like a shot of them at the end like all ghoulified you know playing in their band too so overall uh i wouldn't say it's the strongest segment in my opinion but it like of of the you know but it was it was fine i liked it all right it was mm-hmm. a decent start mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i think it's fun i think just there feels like and I think it's maybe across the the entire collection on this on this version of VHS mm-hmm. is that they all kind of play out the same way of like set up, set up, set up monster with yeah. it, with the exception of like the last one, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. else feels like very set up, set up, set up monster, set up, set up monster. And it, like it doesn't there. They're, I don't know. It, so it doesn't feel as creative as 94. Mm-hmm because of that mm. i think yeah they, they all seem a little closer it seemed like in 94 the 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 individual segments were so radically different mm-hmm. and a few of them mm-hmm. here almost could blend together i i would argue totally. ozzy's dungeon is pretty unique and doesn't oh, yeah. really have like a a straight up monster at first and you're just like oh no this is just this kind of fucked up thing which we'll talk about and then there ends up being a monster at the end which you're like not expecting at all mm-hmm. um so it kind of does the old like flip flop on you gives you the old flim flam but yeah. um yeah so anyway uh shredding like i said you know fairly generic it felt very that they were trying to really hammer home this whole idea of 1999 and i think this segment is the most 1999 maybe with the exception of ozzy's dungeon so i feel like that's probably why it went yeah. first because if you went s- right in with the second one which is called suicide bid that had nothing particularly 99 ish about it not really with the exception Um, of no cell phone which is why she (laughs) right no cell phone yeah that's 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 what makes all these these uh stories i mean frankly it just makes it a little bit easier to write Mm -hmm. some of these stories um because yeah the technology was very different but um yeah uh let's jump into the second one unless you guys have anything to add to the first no Um, not really does anybody mm. want to want to talk about the second one or you guys want me to go through and discuss it uh I, I see and again the second one this one feels a lot like from 94 there was that little ghost story of the woman watching the casket in the funeral parlor yes this yeah. one feels very similar to that in that it's it's just like spooky things happening for a bit and then monster and yeah like 
it's fine. It works. And I think, I think the, uh, I think the in the coffin scenes are the mm-hmm. best because they're sure. very claustrophobic and, you know, I don't know. Have the you ever spiders were fucking terrifying. <laughs> Jesus. Have you, yeah. have you guys, have either of you seen the movie buried with uh, Ryan Reynolds? No, no. I have not. It's a, it's a movie that's entirely within a casket. I've oh, heard God. of this movie, but I, yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I would consider myself super claustrophobic, mm-hmm. but, uh, the idea of being buried alive is pretty, pretty, pretty horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I probably would have like feel it. the same way as I felt like watching the deep house where there was just like this general anxiety going on the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a little bit like, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's a little cornier. It's a little campier than that. But um, it's called Suicide Bid. It's written and directed by uh, Joannis Roberts. And uh, it's pretty easy to describe. So they set it up because there's two roommates that are both, um, I guess, rushing sororities at college. They're freshmen. Mm -hmm. One of them is basically saying like, no, I don't. Apparently what a suicide bid is, which I've never heard of this before, is when you only rush or you only you know, bid, I guess, in one fraternity or sorority. So if that one doesn't accept you, then you don't get into any. So basically you put all your eggs in one basket. I don't know. I have not heard of that before, but that's apparently what that's called. Um, Brian, were you, you in a fraternity? I was in a fraternity in college, but it was um, a nerd fraternity. <laughs> uh, we were all scholars, <laughs> university scholars. Um, and I went to Youngstown State, so we were the only fraternity that actually did anything because we were the only ones that had our shit together to do anything. Because <laughs> um, you were fucking nerds. Because nerd. we were a bunch of fucking nerds. Yeah, yeah. We, we, but most of what we did was play Halo, um, I would say. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, so these... Uh, you know, these two, one of them is like a little bit more realistic and one of them is like highly, uh, her name is Lily, highly like desperate and almost, you almost think she's going to do something crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because she's like very intense, very extreme, like really trying to like communicate to them that like this means everything to her. Um, these girls who are all for some reason like a foot taller than her um you know take her from this this kind of like you know it's the it's the popular girl sorority you know you're kind of meant to believe like the 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 like mean shitty uh hot girl sorority um where they take her out to a graveyard uh, actually to like a mausoleum uh, kind of thing and they lead her to believe that they want to um, let her into the sorority but then they basically say this story about um, uh, which I believe is a true story or it has some sort of um, like I just really quickly googled it and it did have like some sort of tie to like Lithuanian mythological figures I guess I don't know I didn't jump too far into it hmm. um, but it's Jiltine, I think, is her was her name. Was that was that right? It's a Lithuanian or, god, is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um just looking at the folk. It's definitely a folklore situation, so we yeah. could always Yeah, I mean it obviously was not tied directly in any way. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's like super true. Yeah. It's definitely based on a folklore situation. So yeah. they did bring some sort of story into it that has existed for a long time within mm-hmm. like religious 
connotations. Yeah. So it was supposed to be like 20 years earlier and they basically, um, you know, put her in a coffin and bury her. And it's supposed to be this whole thing where they like are fucking with you and trying to get you scared to see if you'll do it or whatever. It's like this hazing thing. And then um, they left her there for like two weeks, I guess. Uh, supposedly in the story, when they came back, she was gone and they think she got like sucked down into hell, basically. Um Lily agrees to do this and the one girl is like, oh, she's not going to leave you here long or whatever. But of course, they bury her. She's kind of freaking out. They give her like a little chain to pull and, you know, kind of pull the panic button, if you will. But they basically say, like, if you do that, you're not getting in. Um, They also give her a box, like almost like a little, you know, I don't like jewelry box type of thing that's filled with giant spiders. Pretty fucked up thing to do. It starts to, you know, she's freaking out. They're laughing like they're just being very stereotypical, like 90s bad kids <laughs> that are like just like doing absolutely horribly fucked up things and think it's hilarious. Like they're just like bullies in movies in 19 in the 90s. Like there was no ambiguity. There was no, oh, they come from a tough background. It was these children are pure evil. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of how it was back then, I think. And they did do a good job of, of communicating that. Um, but they're just laughing at her. It starts to rain. Um, the cops show up simultaneously. They run and they're like, we'll come back for her. Um, and then, cause you're at first, you're like, well, what's going to happen? Something supernatural is going to happen here. Right. And then the grave just starts flooding and all of a sudden water starts coming into her cat, into her coffin. She's panicking. She's choking on water. And then it's like, oh no, it's just this like super claustrophobic. You're drowning in a buried coffin, which is about the most fucked up, like horrifying end I can imagine. Um, Unless it was like drowning in caramel or something like that. That would be the only thing that would be worse. <laughs> um, but it's like just slow and agonizing and she's panicking mm-hmm. forever. And you think, okay, she's going to die. And then, the, you know, maybe she'll come back and haunt them or whatever. No, a goddamn demon comes up. <laughs> like, just, and there's also like a transparent, like a little bit like a pane glass in the coffin in like the shape of a cross, which I was like. That's pretty like that's some pretty good craftsmanship for like a, a, a sorority prank prop. Right. <laughs> um, but it does pay off, which I should have saw coming because you get this scene of this like what looks like a pretty cool practical demon mm-hmm. with like a mask. I think later maybe there might be some CGI kind of s- stuff like at least laid over it. But it's a pretty cool, pretty cool scene. Um, you know, as you might imagine, they come back in the morning Uh one thing I thought was really odd, the grapes flooded and they two of them just very willingly just dive into the muddy water filled grave. Yeah. Didn't take off your, you know, varsity jacket. Yeah, didn't even take off the Letterman you know? jacket. I was like, yeah. well, what? OK, if you had to do that and you were panicking, you're like, oh, my God, there might be somebody down there I have to save. Sure. But like. Take off your jacket, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Before you go in there, how long does it take to take See, off your jacket? That's how you know. Well, one, that might not have even been her jacket. Could have been like her boyfriend's <laughs> and it just disrespects his stuff. Because she's already proved herself a mean girl. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. But, you know, that's the other way you know it's 1999 because nobody jumps in the water anymore 
without taking their cell phone out of their pockets. So that's true too. I thought about that. I was like, didn't do anything. Just jumped in. I was like, oh, well then she, she doesn't really have anything to worry about. No. Um, and that was back when it was fun to push people into pools and it was funny and nobody got mad. It's not now fun it's a to whole, do that anymore. Brian? No, now you get you ruin somebody's pool. phone. I mean, I push oh. my kids in the pool, but they don't have phones. <laughs> um, and they can't yeah. swim, so it's hilarious. You can't have phones because I need to throw you in the pool. <laughs> Plus, you can't swim, you fucking dork. <laughs> I, th- I think like that cross on it gave a good impression because it was clearly illusion because they were fucking with her that entire time with the sticks and stuff. But they mm-hmm. were able to put just enough like dirt just to cover that and the illusion is now created and stuff that's like that. true okay that but, makes more sense why ooh. they would put that there um but also that uh creature or whatever we want to call it, it was a guillotine is what we're calling this thing mm-hmm. um i was trying i don't know did that thing remind you of someone i i don't know if i loved the uh, like it would it be practical effects for that char- creature character. It, it was very so weird awkward. looking. It, it reminded me a little bit of um, of Tarman. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Like the way but his it also jaw didn't moved. really move. Yeah, it was so. Um, it didn't. It wasn't very like mechanical, like what you would probably see today. Granted, we're trying to talk about ninety nine, but yeah, um, it just like felt like it was very stiff. Yeah, and like the way its head moved was weird. It like put its face up against her face, and you're like, "This is just weird and awkward. Why don't you just like, yeah, bite her? Or like, I don't know. Yeah, the, like it was, the jaw it was didn't like Terrence move. and Philip almost. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? How it's like head kind of like just. Yeah. Too- hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh, so I'm not what you're saying guy, is guilting is Canadian? Is oh, I'm not Lithuanian. It's Canadian. I always Could get be. those two mixed up. Lithuanian, Canada. Um. Yeah, they're like he gets up in her face and is like she's like screaming. He's like, "I'm not your buddy, pal." <laughs> hey guy, um, <laughs> hey guy. Um, but I don't know. I I kind of yes, I totally get what you're saying. It didn't seem realistic, but it's I don't know. It struck me as cool. I don't know why. It had like big eyes. It was kind of a cool design, mm-hmm. but um, anyway, I didn't see it coming because I'm just like, oh no, she's just gonna drown and then maybe she's gonna come back as as a as a damn uh, demon and 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 fuck with them or a ghost or something but i did not expect another one to come out and she does right so uh you know jumping forward they just go fuck you we're never talking about this again we don't know what happened let's go on with our lives um and then they all wake up in coffins buried underground uh one of the girls um has lily you know now demon lily um in the coffin with her as, uh, as well as uh, uh, guillotine um, in there with her um, with a big old spider coming out of her mouth. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, Did, yeah, it was good. It, maybe it was possible like that whole mask slash headpiece was designed so it could hold the spider in the mouth. Yeah, because it didn't look like what Lily ended up looking like. Right. So, like, they just designed that whole thing so it could hold the spider in the mouth without the actor having to, like, hold the spider in any way or have the spider, Maybe. like, really be in their mouth. And they're just like... Yeah, that would be an extra fee. That would be a for sure an extra fee. Well, because it almost... That point almost looks CGI-ish. Yeah. It, yeah. it felt like even that that last little jump scare scene of, of the spider in the mouth almost looked like it might have been CGI. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was. I thought I thought it really yeah. I have to I have to go back and watch. I thought it was really a big fat buddy just yeah. hanging in that thing's mouth. <laughs> well, the thing, too, about it was that um, 
it, it didn't look human. No. Like guillotine didn't didn't look human at all. Um, whereas Lily obviously was looked like a corpse, you know what I mean? After mm-hmm. she uh you know, after she came back and was tormenting them. So it, it it was it was interesting. Um like I said, didn't dislike it or anything, but it was just like some unique decisions yeah. I feel like were made. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think and I might be wrong about this, but I think for the most part, a lot of these shorts shared the same special effects team. I could see Mm. that, which is why a lot of the effects kind of seem the same. Let's get to the third one, which I think was my favorite because it was so batshit. Um, And that's what I've come to really like and appreciate about the VHS franchise is you know, we've talked about this before as a jaded horror fan that watches a ton of horror movies. It becomes very easy after a while to identify the formulas and like kind of speculate what's coming next and that sort of thing. And I feel like with a lot of the VHS segments, I don't know what's going to happen next, uh, mm-hmm. which which I very much appreciate. Um, but it also t- doesn't like the stories are big, bold, wacky swings. Yeah, but they take themselves seriously. Like it doesn't feel tongue in cheek necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, in this one coming up is very much like it's so it's directed by Flying Lotus, mm-hmm. who is more known as uh, a music producer. Yeah, but he has a. An, another feature film under his belt, which I've seen called Kuso. Yeah. And it is so fucking crazy. And yeah. It's a cool film though. Yeah. I really, you know, I, and I was going to say, I was like, where do I know that name from? Mm-hmm. And it was because I saw Kuso. Mm-hmm. And then I remember after I saw it looking, you know, for, for something else from him. And I'm like, I, I don't think this guy's done anything else. Yeah. He, I mean, he's done, he's done, very little i don't want to say nothing but like Mm -hmm. uh there's like kind of the character of captain murphy that he created and then there is a i guess it's an anime series uh that he that he wrote Hmm. uh which i think it's uh uh yasuke i believe it's called so it's not it's not even yeah 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 yeah, it's not even horror it's yeah it's a completely separate thing yeah but (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I uh, let me see. And and then he's a he's a yeah he's a music producer and composer. Like a mm-hmm. lot of his credits are, uh, you know, are are film scores, right? Um, and then he just does his, yeah. he just does his own music. You know, he mm-hmm. just he performs as Flying Lotus. But yeah, he just started getting into doing film stuff and like yeah, and he's done like a bunch of his own music videos. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other thing I knew him from is the Boondocks. Okay. Yeah. He is he is um what is his credits? He's a he's a composer on the Boondocks. Okay, he did the music Mm -hmm. for it. But I feel like he he was other maybe he was a uh like maybe he had a producing credit too or something like that. I'll have to go look, but I I I think that was the other thing. I remember when I was looking him up, I was like, Oh, okay, he was involved because I love the boondocks too. Mm -hmm. Um but anyway, this one is my favorite one, uh, personally, of the uh, of, of the five here. Um, I'll try not to go too deep into it, but I, I would start off by saying it's a starts out as a parody, like a very over the top cartoonish parody of a cross between a double dare and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm hmm. 
Exactly. Nailed it. Yeah. The two Nickelodeon uh, uh, game shows, which were two of my favorites, of course, Double Dare with Mark Summers, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, was was, you know, had to do a bunch of like gross things. You were constantly being slimed and having to like crawl inside like a big fake nose and pull flags out of the boogers and stuff like that. I always wanted to be on that show when I was a kid. I wanted to be on Legend of the Hidden Temple because it just looked so sick to be like jumping around through. It was like a haunted house Mm -hmm. almost, you know, it wasn't explicitly that it was like this, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of felt like this, um, not Mayan. Yeah. Kind of a Mayan thing, but it was more, it was, it was maybe like, um, maybe more like Amazonian type of thing. It was just kind of a mishmash for kids. Yeah. Cause, uh, what is it? Olmec? The Olmec. Yeah. The big giant head. I believe Mm -hmm. that is maybe Aztec or Mayan. Okay. So, but I think it's just kind of like a big mishmash of, you know, of cultural appropriation, of cultural yeah. appropriation for children. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if anybody worshipped a silver monkey. So, <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah. So the, the team names, you know, they would have two people in the team and then they would get slowly eliminated. Then we get down to the end team that, you know, kind of like guts where you got to, you know, try to climb the aggro crag and, and claim your radical piece of the, or mm-hmm. your, your piece of the <laughs> wait, what was it your piece of the uh, glowing radical rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in this instance, you had to go through this big like temple type situation where you didn't know where you were going, but the crowd knew where you were going. And then you would get like grabbed up by um, these these like kind of like almost tribes. Temple guards. Yeah, temple guards. Yeah, is what they called them. And then you got and then you were fucked. Right. Um, in any case, this was kind of a mashup of those two things, except for the um, <laughs> the main the host is kind of um, slightly sadistic or at the very least like. I guess, uh, uh, uncaring, yeah. uh, I would say. The, um, this really feels like it was a, 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 uh, a public access version yeah. of, of this going on. And, yeah. and so the host, he, he's played by uh, Stephen Ogg. Which, yes, which you would know right away. Yeah, you re- most people will recognize him, I think, by now from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But he was also like really famous as like Trevor from... GTA five. That's where yes. like he got really famous. But yeah, if you see this character like that, he voiced and his appearance was modeled after. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like one of the most memorable characters from, from Grand Theft Auto, yeah. but the whole series really in this one, he feels like he's playing um, sleazy from Guar. <laughs> yeah, that mixed with like like one of the characters from the Righteous Gemstones or something like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it, it uh, mixed with Mark Summers. Yeah. Sle- sleazy P martini, my bad, not sleazy yeah. E. I was thinking yeah. easy E brain. <laughs> okay, I was brain. Getting too confused. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it feels like he's playing sleazy P, and just yeah. like he he's just watching kids get injured and like ignoring it and letting them and like the games are all trash too. It's just like run yeah. into each other with these balloons. Now yeah. fucking <laughs> climb into this waiting pool. Like it's right. not, they're not, it's the production is not on the level of Nickelodeon. I just, no. you know, I honestly just think the whole, the scenario where they had to catch the meat in their mouth mm-hmm. was just insanely entertaining the whole time. <laughs> yeah. They're just throwing Turkey leg. He calls them something else. He doesn't call them Turkey legs. He calls them something no. goofy. And it was like, felt like it was like really inappropriate the way he said it too. Cause I feel like every, the whole every thing was like vague, vaguely sexual yeah absolutely it's yeah. like catch this meat or like 
catch my meat. So that's what it like literally if it was called that, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he kept making like a bunch of inappropriate jokes. And the whole thing was just this like cash grab that was meant to like, you know, just fuck contestants. And they got these people and basically said, if you go through this maze successfully, whatever, then you also he's like vaguely racist, you know, and and he's just like a piece of shit. And they're just basically like victimizing and exploiting these these kids contestants. Um, And uh, the the contestant here that you're rooting for, her name is Donna um, and Donna's family are uh, from Detroit and they he's like very patronizing with them and stuff like that. And then they have Donna from Detroit as uh, what's his name from Misfits. Oh, from Dick Glenn Dancing? Yeah, Dick Glenn Dancing. <laughs> All right, I got to think dancing. about this. Glenn Dancing. Donna Dude. from Detroit. <laughs> I'm Glenn Danzig. Um, hey, it's me, like, Glenn Danzig. <laughs> oh, that's the phrase, yeah. Hey, it's me, Glenn Danzig. Um Anyway, uh, I was doing that a lot last night. You guys weren't there, but uh, I was, uh, as we discussed, I was Garf Danzig across mashup between Garfield and Glenn Danzig uh, from Halloween Party. And I was saying a lot of things like that and nobody else got it. Um, The Gabagool himself. And they were like, shut Brian, we don't listen to your podcast. That's basically what it is. This costume is from me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, one person did, did, a couple people were like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, because I, I, had the face paint and the devil lock so Mm -hmm. it was like i felt like it came across but of course garf danzig that's the you know the oh oh, i get it you're next year can you be garf brooks (laughs) jesus i would love to thank you for the invitation um I got friends in low places. <laughs> but you still talk like Danzig. Yeah. <laughs> and also I'm not Garf Danzig or I'm I'm not I'm not Garf Brooks. I'm like Garf Brooks, but I'm the Chris Gaines version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, is Garth Brooks's sexy alter ego. <laughs> oh man, no, there's nothing I love more than Chris Gaines. Um, anyway, uh, Donna is, you know, her family's there, like they they said, they're they're kind of like um this this family from like, you know, African American family from like you know, inner city Detroit, and then you have this like super white kid that's competing competing against him and he's clearly like rooting for the white kid to win and all this stuff anyway as they're competing (laughs) donna gets this like horrific compound fracture in her leg where her leg just like we're gonna say yeah yeah is that what we're gonna call it yeah, that's medically what it's called. It's a compound well, fracture when sick. the bone calls up, comes yeah, out. Yeah, the bone oh literally pops out of her skin. I just wanted something way more graphic to be said instead of something way more clinical here. Guys. Yes. So it like her leg snaps in the opposite direction, bone shards shooting out, Perfect. blood everywhere. That's what um, I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and the whole crowd is like barfing and everyone's like oh god like the crew's freaking out and they're just like fuck you signed a waiver uh and and he's just like acting like it's not that big of a deal anyway fast forward yeah nbd fast forward a few years i want to say it's isn't it like three or four years later or something like that yeah um the family specifically the mother who has a very like visceral reaction to everything and is like trying to attack him on set 
the mother has become unhinged after this whole scenario, you know, has passed years later. The daughter is in a wheelchair. She's obviously a little bit older now. She's got her son there and her husband. They have captured the the host um, and put him in a dog crate in their basement. And she is she's very unhinged. She immediately takes her shirt off and spends the whole rest of the segment in her bra. Um, and she's just like she she's like rules the family with an iron fist type of thing, but basically sets up this whole recreation of the game show in their basement. But with all these torturous, disgusting scenarios, the first thing they do is just have the son have basically a, a bike helmet with a bunch of sharp <laughs> like implements on it and just run into his stomach with it. It's like not a game at all. No. Um, so he just gets a bunch of stab wounds in this his one, abdomen. This one's called stabby. Yeah. 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 It, it's not a game at all. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. He, Cause he's, he's tied to the pole in the right. basement. So like he's he has nowhere to go. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He didn't get to run back towards them. You know I mean? There wasn't, yeah. you know, he, there was no game. Yeah. 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 There was no game. Yeah. It actually, and, you know, in a way it was a game. Yeah. I mean, it's called one the game man, of life. Brian. <laughs> it's the game of school of hard knocks. Um, yeah. It's the but, game of fuck around and find out. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so they, they, they're just fucking with this guy. They, they make him do the thing where they catch the, the, the turkey legs in their mouth, except for it's uh, rotten, raw, rotten chicken breasts. <laughs> Yeah, um, which is pretty gross, and he's like vomiting, Just slapped with raw chicken. Yeah, that's yeah, great. it's pretty yucky. And then they make him do the whole obstacle course, and she has this um, what looks like um, like a handle, uh, like a like a, a, a an old liquor half gallon, you know, liquor handle you would see like Captain Morgan in or something. But she's got some like incredibly corrosive acid in it um, that she's going to dump on him if he can't get through the whole thing in a certain amount of time. He's got to do this whole fucked up gross obstacle course um and then ultimately um her whole thing is like there was never a chance for her to win it was rigged against her blah 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 so he finishes i guess on time or almost on time and she says no like fuck you you lost he says so the whole thing in the story is whoever wins the contestant, they get whatever wish one wish they want to come true. Now I missed this and I didn't take it down in my notes. What does he promise to take them to? He promises to take them back to the dungeon, like, cause it's called mm -hmm. Ozzy's dungeon. Right. You know, you know kind of legends of the hidden temple again, the, the parallel in that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he, he says, you know, I'll take you where you can get your wish. Yeah, mm -hmm. he just yeah, that's right. Okay, because I I was like, is that all it was? Like they're still down to because it was all it was about like the a, wish. Yeah, it was a whole revenge plot for years though that she had. Anyway, yeah, I mean it doesn't. This whole thing it gets wet. Feel, you know what it almost felt like? It was like they were less worried or upset about the leg and more upset that she didn't was she didn't win. She wasn't and famous. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know You're what right. I mean? You're right. Because they did say that because at one point they they pick, they pick up like have her pick up like her like she's got something over her leg while she's in the wheelchair and her legs all like gangrenous and gross looking. And yeah. I was like, trying to understand that because it almost looked like her leg was like burnt back together. Right. You know, like like yeah. what would a what would a human soldering situation look like? Her <laughs> yeah, leg is that. actually the answer. Yeah, that. I took it as the mom went crazy 
and never got her proper medical mm-hmm. care. So her leg like never healed properly. We live properly. in America and they live in Detroit. Let's yeah. put, let's be real. Yeah. yeah. They've, that's what no I'm saying. No one had health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get the feeling that's what happened. Yeah. And also I just think that's, it's kind of like a stylistic thing that, uh, flying lotus would be doing because mm-hmm. like he again back to kuso there's a lot of elements in that film that are just like they ride the line of being just slightly off from really mm-hmm. reality there's a lot of other things that are way way off yeah like yeah. there's like yeah so like the the setup is has that weird ominousness about it where like kids are getting injured very badly but also there's <laughs> still all the flashing color lights and everything mm-hmm. so like yeah i think he, i think he does like stylistic choices to to better drive points home and i think you know with donna's like being all fucking crazy and goofed up you know yeah. it, it's a it's a far larger play on just like yeah she got hurt and like mm-hmm. things didn't go her way yeah um a weird joke that just like popped in my mind that would have been great for them to have made is like some sort of new boot goofing if she had to have some sort of special <laughs> shoes like make <laughs> special shoes <laughs> new boot goofing i remember you introducing us to new boot goofing at one point um because no, because that's a isn't that a that's reno 911 yeah right? yeah. Reno yeah you made that reference at one point and i was like what the fuck you just slipped it into conversation like it was totally normal and i was like she's like from reno no and i was like oh okay God, um anyway uh <laughs> yeah so she her legs all fucked up and uh she's basically like guys uh you know she, she you could she you could tell she's like this is not her idea this is the mom driving the whole mm-hmm. thing and the mom mm-hmm. is like she was our way out she was our golden child and you fucked up our chance so it's more about them getting out of poverty and all this stuff and less about the daughter so um you're slowly starting to realize that anyway he says no i'll take you to the temple you can get your wish so they go to the studio uh, the TV studio, which the show has long been canceled. He's not like really is supposedly affiliated with it anymore, but they get there and the whole building is like super well guarded. They go around back, they go in and the temple set is still there and is like a real, some sort of real, like a, a, a almost prehistoric looking like pagan temple of sorts. Yeah. My my favorite part about this was they they introduce her in the opening. She's like a sidekick yeah. American gladiator type. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. And so you just think she's dressed up for, you know, the show that she's right. like a temple guard or American gladiator, but then they show yeah, back she up. She looks like she's from like Conan the Barbarian or right, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they show back up and she's still in the exact same costume <laughs> and it's like Oh, she just lives there like that. That's her life. That's yeah. literally what she does. She <laughs> is an actual temple guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so they go in and there's like con- kid contestants there, like worshiping. And basically there's this room with this like, I couldn't tell I, I if it's a man or a woman or whatever, but this big, giant, like um, super distended body of this person that looks like they're almost like pregnant maybe or something like that um but maybe i don't know but they're like abdomen is all distended they're laying on this bed and people are like worshiping and the whole idea is you know you have to go to go tell them your wish and and um 
the, the host, he's like, I've never been in here. Like I've never strayed past the front gates kind of thing. And now they're on this like weird vision quest and things went from this like gritty, you know, saw type revenge thing that's happening in the basement to now this weird supernatural temple they're in. <laughs> um, and it, the, the abdomen of this person on the table opens up a la the thing when they're, you know, given, giving them the paddles and, you know, the hands get bit off. Uh, but instead this big, like glowing, uh, primordial, like Lovecraftian type of it's a good description creature pops out of this person's abdomen. Um, and, after she whispers the the wish in the the person on the table's ear and is vibrating and glowing and flashing and all this wildness is happening and then all all of the family members except for the daughter's faces start to melt and then you just get a quick like cut freeze frame on the daughter smiling yeah <laughs> like so basically mm -hmm. she was like fuck and my one wish now at this point is to melt my family's faces yeah yep. yeah melts, melts her family's faces melts the host's face everyone's face melts yeah yeah, that, yeah. Yep. but and i felt like that was like then so it's like a revenge within a revenge yeah type situation yeah because it's like i didn't it's fully like understand like what yeah. else was going on besides like maybe she just donna didn't really like her mom yeah i mean i, I guess what don't we I all took, wish we could do that sometimes maybe? <laughs> i think the uh, whole the whole thing seems to me of like okay this thing happened that derailed their whole lives because they seem to be a, like a normal happy fam family before this family. happened family they were a normal happy family <laughs> before this happened and then the mom went crazy after the the appearance on the show and the leg injury and all this stuff and then she became obsessed and self-absorbed and mistreated her and the rest of the family was like terrified of her and the mom became this monster and the dad and the brother were very much there like um, um, uh, uh, not, in, not, not antagonizing her, but like, um, enabling her insanity. Oh yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The, the father and the brother just like, they can't stand up to her. Right. And, and the daughter and Donna's in a wheelchair and she's just kind of along for the ride. Mm -hmm. So she had over the years, uh, assumedly developed all this animosity towards the family. And then when it came back down to it, the, the the wish that she thought that they would make, which is like to, you know, give them, you know, money and success and all this stuff was just like, no, fuck these people. I'm going to melt their faces off. Yeah. These people who <laughs> fucked up my life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, like from scene to scene, I had no fucking idea what was going to happen next. And it went from weird, surreal like nostalgia bomb kind of game show to like gritty torture revenge porn to crazy Lovecraftian, um, you know, old God monsters, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so this one was <laughs> this fucking one a blast. Had it all. it um, really did. Checked all the boxes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the next one. So, um, 
so I guess we we didn't because um, it changes all of a sudden right before or after this one, but we could probably set it up is the wraparound during this one is like basically this, um, you know, stop motion uh, a little like kid movie that somebody's making like somebody you know you would imagine a, a 13 or 14 year old to make where it's like army men and you know and and, and all this kind of silliness happening and gr- like violence and jokes and stuff like that and this little stop motion thing and and that's really all that's happening in the uh in in the uh, the wraparound at this point i think right before this or after this is when it kind of switches up right mm-hmm. the gawkers um i guess this is probably uh oh yeah this is it it bleeds into this one correct yeah yeah i mean yeah the, this is where they switch it up because like that that whole army man segment that we've been watching of just like these this stop motion short film which is yep. nice, and it has a uh, it has a little Ratma come in at one point. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ratma runs in and eats one of the soldiers. Oh, and- oh, that was Ratma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "Guys, he's like, oh, he's dead. Let's try not to get eaten by the giant rat next time, yeah. or something like that." Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. About that. But yeah, then his brother comes and steals his camera and says, "Hey, we're gonna spy on the neighbor." Because right. the neighbor is hot. And so. Yeah. <laughs> she is a hottie bodotty. Yeah. So then the whole thing is like, okay, so it bleeds off. Th- this spins off of the what has been the wraparound up to this point. Um, and the, the younger brother um, has apparently some sort of relationship or at least some sort of. Um, not not relation not like a, a a romantic relationship, but more like a uh, the the next the girl next door that they're all creeping on, uh, very very um, like in a not in an innocent way, in a like we are literal peeping toms, mm-hmm. um, and I think the whole idea here, the subtext is like. Back in the 90s, that was a funny thing that you, that movies did. We're like, oh, let's try to look through the window of the girl next door and see her undress. You know, going way back to, I mean, Animal House and stuff like that. It's like, that was common in movies. And that was kind of like, well, boys will be boys. And it is entirely fucked up. Yeah. Um, so I think that is, you know, what they were trying to communicate here a little bit. And the the younger brother who was making the movie, you know, that was the wraparound. He is the only one that has like a conscience and knows what he's doing is fucked up and, and abusive and all this stuff. Um, but he is seduced by the, the older kids saying, now you're cool. If you do this, basically, um, specifically his older brother and, and their friends. We'll stop bullying you. (laughs) If we can see some, we'll stop making your life horrible. If you, um, you know, uh, essentially become a peeping Tom, you know, the things f- f- criminal people will with do us. for boobs, guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, guys, I used Go to, to the end of the world. I, I listen, I, I used to steal uh, porno mags and put them down my sweatpants legs and, you know, and walk out of the store with them and then cut How out the pictures out of, out of there without with sweatpants. Like you can clear there's there's no just like hiding that. Oh, yeah. We we oh, have yeah. gray sweatpants season as like kind of a joke for a reason. You can't I used to steal them. There. I used to steal. I mean, I'd put <laughs> I fit two porno mags and a tech deck in my sweatpants <laughs> and, and walk right out of there. Um, so I was a bad kid. You know, so anyway, um, 
Yeah, they, the, the, ass, the kid. Yeah, Brian. I mean, I was a, like, I was a bad motherfucker. Like that's what, like, I was the shaft of of fourteen year old kids. Um, <laughs> no, he. Uh, 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 yeah, listen. Yeah, I get it. When you're fourteen, you'll do a lot to, for for porno. Um, but you know, being a peeping tom is probably a, a a couple steps too far. But that's that's what they're attempting to do here, and so much so that they convince the younger brother who apparently has some sort of rapport with the girl next door um, that he can get into her house and set up some sort of spyware type thing on her personal computer um, so that they can basically see through her, you know, you know, uh, webcam on her computer, which let me be very clear, guys, web cams did not have that type of resolution <laughs> in 1999. Um but in any case, they do, of course, you know, catch, uh, uh, you know, her undressing on the webcam. Don't overshadow, too, the type of computer that she bought, too. Like, yeah. those OG huge-ass Macs that were gorgeous, which a sidebar thing is, like, somehow recently on my social medias, there are people who are refurbishing those type of um, <laughs> Apple, like, laptops as like yeah. ipod holders or ipad holders hmm. oh really hmm. yeah that, that seems um i guess that's the equivalent of like getting a buying a record player or something yeah. like that i don't know um yeah but, something yeah, like that it, i mean literally whatever this thing has definitely had like a a, a sick ass pentium 2 processor in it for sure um <laughs> uh, <laughs> And probably came in a box that looked like it had a cow print on it. It mm -hmm. was uh, it was sick. Anyway, they um, everyone who's <laughs> in their twenties has no fucking idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, anyway, they uh, they got in there. You know, so again, they're watching her undress. Um, again, creeping out. the The younger brother not feeling good about the whole thing, obviously, um, but he is still you know going along with it. And then the thing you don't think is going to happen happens, which is she a dang Medusa. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, She's a motherfucking Medusa, guys. Yeah. I did not see that. Did not see that coming. Um, I, I actually mm -hmm. did. How, Wait, how? Explain to me how you knew it was going to be a dang Medusa. Because there's just a one quick hint that they're looking at her through the driveway and she has two frozen statue heads in her driveway that are like I didn't lawn, notice it. Yeah, it's like lawn mm. ornaments and like the, well, okay. they point them out too. Now that you mention it, they mention. I feel like they point out how weird. Like, don't they point out how weird they are? Yeah. Or yeah. I missed that. Yeah. Okay. I missed that. Yeah, they point out how okay, weird it is, and it's, it's like now. Why would you show mm. that if it wasn't some sort of monster? What kind of monster makes fucking statues? Oh, Medusers do. So. Yeah, damn Medusers. <laughs> Medusers. Yeah. Um, She's a seducer yeah, I, I, slash Medusers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I Give guess they're, they're, uh, the the I guess genre of uh, of a creature that Medusa would fall into because Medusa was a specific. That's her name. Uh, yeah. One of these that was her name in Greek mythology um, is a gorgon. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a creature from Greek mythology. And, you know, among other things, Gorgons have goddamn snakes for hair. 
Yeah. So when you see that classic trope, that classic, I mean, I remember seeing it in freaking uh, Tiny Toon Adventures when I was little. They had a, they had in the one Halloween episode, they had a, they had a, a Medusa, uh, you know, woman with the snake hair. And the whole idea is if she looks at you, um, you turn to stone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're looking at her on the webcam. She pops out her boobies. Then they're like, oh, what the fuck is happening? Hair turns into snakes. You see that she sees them through the window across the street. Boom. She smashes through the door or through the window. She tears the fuck out of the one brother. Kool-Aid mans, dude. (laughs) Yeah, she Kool-Aid mans it uh, with with damn snake hairs um, and uh, and fucks up the one brother, just kind of tears him limb from limb type situation. And then ultimately they bail out of the room she uh, is like, uh, you know, follows them down the stairs, topless, snake hair, turns them into some bitch in stone. Yep. So um, yep. pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, didn't see a dang Medusa coming out of that one. So I, I like the uh, twist because if when I was starting it and maybe I, I was not observant enough, uh, there was no way my brain was going to a damn Medusa. <laughs> I... I I mean, I picked it up, but I was I was excited because I was like, you hardly ever see a Medusa. So, yeah, you don't. Yeah. It's always a damn Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Or it's or it's a goddamn ghoul. Or it's a Dracula. Some, some bitch, or a Frankenstein. Frankensteins. <laughs> it's always a Frankensteins or a Dracula. Never a Medusa, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. More Medusas. Yeah. I feel like we should have more Medusa stories. Yeah. You know, I think I would appreciate it. I feel like it's also a good female empowerment. We need that's what we need to have is a good Medusa. Well, if you uh, really remake. think about like that 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 sh- that shitty actually it wasn't that shitty um i just that tom cruise is 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 shitty because he's a cult oh, leader yes. <laughs> um but he uh in that mummy movie which was really more of an action movie than a monster movie i mean the 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 villain she's more of a dang gorgon than she is a mummy hmm if you think about it, I didn't see it, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, she's she's like, yeah, she's she's not really a she's not when I think mummy, I think the old, you know, universal, you know, 1930, whatever mummy, um, you know, with Boris Karloff in it and the shambling mummy with the with the wraps and all that stuff. Um, she's like a goddamn ninja vampire Medusa mummy, mm. <laughs> um, but she doesn't turn anybody to stone, as far as I remember. I prefer but. my mummies from the '99. <laughs> yeah, they were a big I sandstorm. Like <laughs> and Brandon, and I prefer me some Brandon Frazier. Yeah, walking around if I could. And Kelly Hugh, who yeah, 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 yeah prefer yeah. that and as well. Even, maybe even a Scorpion King or two. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, so this guy's again a nice little left field, nice little left field swing, which I did appreciate. So yeah. Um, any final thoughts on that one? No, I, I think it yeah it served its purpose as kind of a wraparound. I just like the uh, you know the references to establish that you know mm-hmm. people are aware of things that happened in '94. You know, with the kid knitting his own little ratma, <laughs> so he's like yeah, it, that too. Yeah, you know, he's like aware <laughs> of like you know that that tape is out there somewhere and people have mm-hmm. seen it. So yeah, the universe is, yeah, it's yeah. out there. I, the veggie masher is real. So <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the next one is actually the second one where we get a reference to Y2K, but this instance, you get a, um, you know, the whole thing is about this, uh, 
basically this this uh, demonic cult on New Year's Eve 1999 that is going to summon their kind of demon lord, um, Yukabon. Uh, yeah. Ukabon. Can, before we like jump in, because I know we 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 I think we probably talked about it off off air last week, but Steve recommended we watch Deadstream. Mm-hmm. And the same people who did that did this one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The same. Yeah, it's the same actors. It's the same actors. Too. Joseph Winter. Yeah, because Joseph Winter was the star. Which that was a really funny, really fun movie. Yeah, um, it was. I'm, I'm excited. We we should. We definitely. I need to watch that or like talk about it. But yeah, yeah. I like. I started. I was maybe I like looked at my phone and I like looked up and I'm like when it. I'm like I, I just watch these characters. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anywho. Yeah, Joseph Winter. I didn't even make the connection. Yeah, he mm-hmm. wrote, directed, and starred in Deadstream. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which it's was such a wild, wife. weird movie. Yeah, it's him and his wife, Vanessa. They're kind of like... Oh, a, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that was his wife, too. Well, okay, no, no, no. I, mm-hmm. No, no. The, him and his wife, uh, Vanessa, they do the writing and the directing, but the, the actress, Melanie yes. Stone, oh. is also in both mm-hmm. Deadstream and this. Oh, okay. So yeah, she yeah, was yeah. she was the little, like, uh, demon that they run into. Okay, yeah. Now that, that makes... Mabel the Skullbiter. She does look like Mabel. his wife yeah. a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. I didn't bit. even notice the connection. But, but yeah, she did mm-hmm. look familiar, but that, that makes a lot more sense. Um, she was a great <laughs> she was a great character in this. Yeah. This yeah, is probably was. my second favorite one. This one is just a big old swing, too. Honestly, this might be my favorite, but I could be biased just from watching Deadstream, like, and I just had yeah. so much fun watching that. Same. And yeah. I, like, saw this and I was just like I think this one is my favorite yeah and, and the one guy and I don't know their, their names were Nate and Tony and I don't remember which is which but um, uh, Troy is Joseph Winter and then Nate is uh, the other guy gotcha and Nate reminded me of uh, Guillermo from um, he did. Uh, oh, a bit, yeah. from in the, uh, <laughs> what we, we do in the, in the shadows, shadows. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway uh, also just, not, not a, just one more thing before we move on because yeah. I think you'll appreciate this Brian so we're, we're yeah, talking yeah. about uh, uh, Melanie Stone who plays she plays Mabel in this but also Chrissy and Deadstream and her credit right before mm-hmm. Chrissy and Deadstream is Ruby in a little Hallmark film called Cupid for Christmas. Uh, I like it. I like it. Are we going to cover that? Now we'll be like Cupid for Christmas. I love that. That's such a perfect Hallmark title. Oh my God. Um, they're already That's playing so the Hallmark funny. Christmas movies, by the way. It's currently, we're currently in the, in the heart of the countdown to the countdown to Christmas on Hallmark. Hallmark the countdown to the countdown. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the countdown to Christmas starts on November 1st. The countdown to the countdown to Christmas starts, I think, August 1st. Um, but anyway, uh, it's fucking it's they're wiling out over there on the Hallmark Channel. Um, no, that's great. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so you have this like coven of witches or and warlocks and whatever, you know, these kind of people who who worship this particular demon. And they believe that, you know, this once in a millennia scenario <laughs> Midnight on uh, or or on the strike stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine, they are going to summon this demon because you know the old adage, the veil is the thinnest at this time or whatever. Okay, so Nate and Troy are videographers that are there to document the whole thing, but they're very skeptical, um, and uh, 
you know, one is more kind of skeptical than the other. But in any case, when they start to do the ritual, they have this this woman who is part of this coven or cult or whatever, who is um, they are going to put she's going to be the vessel for Ukaban, uh, this demon. Mm-hmm. So they have her strapped to a table and the whole thing. Well, when they open up this portal or whatever, a different demon tries to come through and accidentally uh, through this kind of comedy of errors, which you which is really what this last segment is. It's kind of this over the top comedy of errors. Mm-hmm. Nate and Troy get sucked into the demon realm or hell or the underworld or whatever. Um, so they land down there. Uh, but they don't know if it's real. They don't know what happened, what's happening. Um, but ultimately they get dragged back in and they come to, um, terms with the fact that they're in this demon realm pretty quickly. Um, and, uh, they start seeing all this fucked up stuff. There's, First of all, there's like booby traps everywhere, like giant bear traps and like punji pits and all. And of course, all these like fucked up demons with weird little like there's all kind of cool practical effects in here that kind of remind me of like a cross between society and like the brood or something yeah. like that. They're just like all these wacky ass little creatures. Um yeah, there's and, a bunch of, uh, bunch of wacky creatures, a bunch of wacky set dressing, like they're always running yeah. into like different piles of guts and things like that. Yeah, there's always just gore everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And and they, they look like they're in some like out in New Mexico mm-hmm. on like some like crazy, you know, craggy caverns and windblown rocks and all these like stalagmites everywhere and shit. It's, it's just like this very... Um, alien landscape. So wherever they shot this is a great location for this because it's all shot at night. So everything is like night visiony, and it just feels very surreal and like almost like Silent Hill, but yeah. out in like New mm-hmm. Mexico somewhere because you can never see very far beyond where they're standing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because everything's guided basically by one light, which is yeah. like the light on the camera. And then right. the occasional red lightning flash that lights up the mm-hmm. entire sky. Mm-hmm. And then you see in the distance these giant um, like hellscapes and again, like Lovecraftian giant old god demon things like on the horizon and just, stuff. Just a big old Satan. <laughs> just a big old dang devil up there. Um, they do cross uh, Mabel. Um, who is, you don't, is, is she a demon or she, she calls herself Mabel the skull biter. Is that what it yeah. is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, the thing I got from this character was like, I think she's been like condemned to hell for a while, obviously. Mm. Cause she's like, she recognizes Troy and Nate as like fresh meat and she's yeah. like, but she also has this desire to get out of hell and she wants to make a name for herself. But yeah. like, she's also like very <laughs> cowardly. Cause like at one point Satan's yelling at her and she runs away and like, yeah. <laughs> so like she, yeah. she wants to be more than so what she comical. is. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny. She's this little, like so almost, um, uh, uh, almost like, Smeagly type of guy. That's a good comparison. Yes, but then she's also like very like self-aggrandizing too. Yeah, (laughs) it's very (laughs) weird. Um, She's very you know she's she's obviously funny and you know she's got these like fuck crazy yellow teeth and shit. Um, But so basically, I'm just again I cannot give that 
actor so much more credit. Like I feel like again, mm-hmm. seeing her in this character than watching her in Deathstream, like so yeah. just extreme and just like in uh immersive is yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Like into a character. They're both pretty gross, but also very like funny. So like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and she speaks, which is part of the, the, the levity here, is that she speaks in this almost like old Victorian way of talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's like all these like kind of, yeah, there's like communication breakdowns happening. Um, Why are thou screaming? <laughs> Why are thou screaming like cowards? Yeah. Um, but th- they basically figure out this plan of like, if they can get to, she knows where, you know, Ukaban is resides in this cave and she's going to take them to him and if they can um you know uh, you know within a certain amount of minute i don't remember what the timing you know it's this it's this ticking clock type of thing they're trying to get there before midnight though before midnight okay yeah 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 yeah. so it's like before the actual because i was thinking they got sucked down at midnight but no, they they did not. They got sucked down when they were just trying to like loosen the 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 veil mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and some just um, little guy comes out and yeah, so, and fucks the whole thing up. Which is like in like obviously it's funny because like the witches recognize this character that came out and dragged him down. Oh, they know who yeah, he is. Like, yeah, they're like, get out of here, you fucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that motherfucker again. <laughs> and then they and then he grabs him and yeah, jerks him down into into hell or whatever. But anyway, so um, they get to this this. You know, there's this kind of back and forth between like Nate and Troy and, um, you know, uh, arguing about like, you know, you're not a good friend. Well, you did this and you did that and you never, you know, carry through with anything. And, you know, so there's kind of this bickering between them. Ultimately, they make their way into the cave and the whole thing with Mabel is she wants her name written on like their scrolls. Like she wants to be recorded in history mm-hmm. in their realm. Uh, and mm-hmm. remembered as this like hero or whatever. So <laughs> whenever they're getting, they, they're trying to sneak up on, um, you know, uh, Ukabon and his, you know, kind of servants, which are <laughs> kind of like uh, Mad Max. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, I was going to say Mad Max crossed with like, um, I, I boy, there's a very specific image that's in my head of um of a character oh he's like what's that guy from mortal Kombat that had the like thing across his chest and oh, like, he had, yeah he kind of yeah. looked like shao khan uh, a little bit <laughs> um and they have this battle with them and ultimately nate is like overcome right and then troy comes and saves him mm-hmm. and they have this like moment of uh you know them saving each other and you know maybe hey they value each other's friendship more than they were letting on whatever they jump into ukabon's weird like slimy yeah loins or something which is apparently the portal that's being opened up they get shot back and all of a sudden and i'm getting their names mixed up but all of a sudden troy is there but also, I was trying to think of who ended up in which body. I think it's Nate. Yeah. Nate winds up inside the vessel. Yeah, right. Tro- yes. The girl that w- yes. that was going to have Ukabon. Instead of Ukabon ending up in the vessel, Nate ends up in the vessel. Right. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't like fuck with an Ukabon. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gonna, this is classic tale. Up. 
Classic <laughs> tale. And I tell my kids that they're all the time. But they they like <laughs> but then they get back and then they immediately oh and also um because Mabel um completely gives gives up the group because they're trying to sneak up on them and she just blurts out Remember to write, write my name. Yeah. Remember yeah. to write my name. <laughs> Remember to write my name. And then this other like demon thing comes down and just like rips her in half, basically. Yeah. Just stabs her. Like just this yeah. winged demon well, falls great. from the sky. Yeah. 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 Well, what I love is that Troy still wrote her name. And I like could only imagine it'd be really funny if now that group of witches which is now worshipped Mabel. That's what I see as the Yeah, I they thought do. she was gonna go for it's a, it's like in the credits. Did I miss that little oh Yeah. Yeah, it's it, wait, say that more. It's time? in the credits. Like the uh, you hear them chanting the name of Mabel at the end. Oh, mm. I missed yeah. that. I missed that. I just heard Danzig, and I was like, "All right." Um, but anyway, yeah. So Danzig, they, this they, goes they, off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I'm not. I can't deal with Danzig." I was. I had a devil lock all last night. Um, anyway, so yeah, they're they're all mad that the ritual failed. They kill very quickly. Kill Nate and Troy, uh, and they're just like what the fuck happened? They're like blaming each other about how like shit happened. And they're like, let's do it again. She's like, it's once in a thousand years. Like you can't do it again. Um, and then as you know, Troy, Troy, right. The one mm-hmm. Troy's the yeah. one holding the camera essentially. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As he dies, he, he crawls over and writes Mabel, um, in, in the, the sacred book that the witches were using. So he does hold up his end of, of the, of the bargain there. But he still dies. Yeah. Yeah. But he still dies. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, and then the tape kind of shoots back to the previous segment where you see the kids, you know, stone bodies and then the camera battery goes out. And then, yeah, then then I, you know, then cut then to dancing. <laughs> yeah. And then cut straight to dancing. What we can count on with this anthology is that everyone fucking dies. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's no, there's never any heroes standard, in these movies practice. or in these segments. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I think um, the I think '94 was really was better in my opinion. Uh, if, we're, if we're doing comparisons of like these new wave of VHS movies, mm-hmm. um, but there were things I liked about most of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember. I mean, the ones that stuck out in my head '94 were definitely. You know the the Ratma. Well, yeah, that one was great. It had Ratma, and then, then it had course. that it had that crazy one from Indonesia. Yes, which, where there was like mm-hmm. the Mech Woman thing, mm-hmm. or the, yeah, that one was good. But the one in the in the in the in the uh, 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 funeral home, funeral home. My God, I kept want to say cemetery. In the funeral home was pretty lackluster in that one. I yeah. thought, yeah, I mean, it was a nice self-contained little short film. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it works within like VHS 94 because it's just kind of, you know, it, it helps 94 pad out and then it sticks out on its own. Like it's not, uh, mm-hmm. it, you would never watch that by itself. Yeah. You know, so like some of these, some of these you can watch on their own. Like I would watch Ozzy's Dungeon on its own. I would watch yeah. To Helen Back on its own. I'd watch that as a longer you know, the, mm-hmm. like so, those are creative, mm-hmm. but then I think the Gawkers wraparound kind of needs to be part of the anthology. Obviously, uh, yeah, that, that that one was yeah, yeah. it was kind of one note. the The cemetery, the cemetery sorority one is also kind of one note, and you know, like yeah, it, like the 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 coffin aspect works really well because obviously there's a whole another movie 
you know, that's just a coffin movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how many times can you do a coffin movie <laughs> before you're ripping you know, off without, somebody? <laughs> I just remembered the other one that I really loved in 94, which was the one with the uh, 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 all the militia guys. Right. Yeah. Um, the weird religious militia guys that end up getting killed by vampires. Mm-hmm. That one was great. Oh, that yeah. was fucking yeah. great. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I, I don't know if this hit the same highs or, or, or was as consistent maybe as, as 94. But I, I really had a blast oh, with yeah. this movie too mm-hmm. like both 94 and 99 like as far as i'm concerned these two are the are the best of the franchise i fucking i will absolutely watch both of them again i gotta go um, back to the first first three of these yeah. yeah yeah i feel like i still have some sort of time and place attachment to the first couple mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i think like there was actually this element to them that made me kind of scared like they were genuinely scary to me at they that were point. less cartoonish and over the top mm-hmm. yeah. yes um they you were know, more scary more like they were actually trying to make it feel like they were pulling random vhs tapes that you would find you right. know what i mean like, like yeah I've been calling of them like less sadistic cartoony. shit yeah. and stuff you're not supposed to be totally. watching yeah yes. this they have 94 and 99 have become you know crazy over the top cartoonish um, with big wild swings, but like I know that that's my sensibility that mm-hmm. I like about it. But yeah, they're they're by no means like none of none of them I would you know consider particularly scary. Um, but they're really just super fun and f- just fucking wild. And like I said, the element that I really like is you you genuinely don't know what you're getting from segment to segment and it feels mm. like they could go in any direction yeah yeah that's mm. why that's why Ozzy's dungeon works so well because mm. i don't know that you could really justify it being a 90 minute film mm. because it works so well taking those swings within three minute increments of yeah. like going mm. from the tv show to the saw basement to the lovecraft cave you'd have to pad it out with so much like character development of the host Mm -hmm. and of the family and it would probably um i that's why i i like this format for those big crazy swings is because you don't have to because when i think of movies like i feel like a japanese filmmaker like the sensibility of japanese filmmaking specifically i feel like somebody would take that and make a 90 minute feature out of it. Mm -hmm. But there would be, but it would be like a long way to get for the payoff. Right. But Japanese horror fans are are more apt to, to do that for whatever reason. Cause it, yeah, if it was padded out by a Japanese filmmaker, it'd it'd feel more like Uzumaki where like weird things are happening every 10, 15 minutes anyway. Or even Halsu type mm-hmm, of thing, right. like first half of Halsu kind of yeah. thing before shit gets just like absolutely bonkers. But yeah. anyway, fun, fun watch. Yeah, definitely fun as watch. As I'm concerned. And being that they're both mm-hmm. on Shutter, great to pair Deadstream with this just to oh, see, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, both Joseph Winter and Vanessa Winter and uh, mm-hmm. Melody Stone and everything they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, they're little puppets and, and ghoulie goos. <laughs> yeah, and all the I love the little one that like crawled out, and it was almost like a weird like little armadillo person that crawled out of that little hole yeah. in the like crag. Uh, that was great. Yeah. I love the little fat baby that he steals the trident from. The little fat baby they stole the trident from. I really, really wanted that little fat baby to jump up, but it didn't. It did not. Mm. Little weird bald fat baby yeah. looked like looked like Thor Johnson kind of thing, <laughs> but like it was like on a little baby body. <laughs> little Georgie Animal <laughs> Steel Demon. 
did. Yeah, or maybe George the Animal Steel. <laughs> um, anyway, so a lot of fun. Go check out VHS 94. I mean, listen, 99. we're not sponsored. <laughs> 99, yes, thank but you. But both. Um, we're... We're not sponsored by Shutter, although we we probably should be. And guys, um, everyone, quick now, while you have a second, your phones are in your hand. Um, DM Shutter and tell them that they should sponsor us mm-hmm. because um, that would be awesome. Anyway, Tubi's um, not following through, Brian. I know. And listen, I've been praying to Tubi like every night. <laughs> I've been collecting like buckets of common period blood and doing a bunch of sex magic to try to get to be to, to to sponsor us and i haven't got a letter yet but i'm expecting it any day now anyway right. mm-hmm. um if you don't have shutter yet like you're kind of fucking up because it acts is is like my favorite uh non to be um streaming service um that's that alone is gonna be so we never get sponsored by shutter but you know what Got to stay true to myself. I'm at, listen, I have to be tattooed um, right above my ass crack for a reason. God keeps it real. Um, it keeps <laughs> it, I keeps, stamps are real. I keep, I keeps it real. Um, all right. Anything else on uh, VHS 99 or, uh, yeah, anything else I forgot? No. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, do we know what we're doing, guys? Because our next episode, hey. We do. Yeah. Oh yes, I do know what we're doing. We're going to do T2. T2, which we are referring to as D2, Terrifier 2. We're going to do Terrifier 2 and it's going to release on All Hallows Eve, boys and ghouls, which is uh uh Monday of course, the 31st of October. So, tune in to hear us talk about Terrifier 2. Um, I sat down with my brother who had never seen, he's a big horror fan, but he had not seen Ter- the first Terrifier for, for some reason. Um, and he was like, uh, Ooh, doggy, that's a, that's a movie. That's uh, a whole can thing. I, can I read off, um, what my buddy, so I've been talking to people a lot about it lately too, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I hadn't yeah. seen it ever. Yeah. And so I asked him, he watched it last night. He said, it was so incredibly ridiculous. I was laughing through most of it. Yeah. Clown face emoji. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, well, like, it's got if tons you, of laughs. It like, does. And also, but like, I got spooked. I was like tense a little bit. I, know. I was like, it's I such liked a, that. I don't know. And listen, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Like, I'll never, you know, it, it's all about preference. I totally get it. Like, there are people who only watch Mike Flanagan, and then there are people who love Terrifier. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, there's everybody and everybody in between. But Terrifier, the. I've probably, I think I've, I just watched it for, I think it was the third time. I've liked it more every time I watched it. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely think it's such a unique movie. It's hyper, hyper violent, over the top, gory. But the freaking performance, I, I, there are no other, there's not another, uh, 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 villain like Art the Clown. Mm -mm. There just isn't. Like, I'm trying to think, there's no one like him that is like as, weird and sadistic and also like genuinely funny like anyway if you haven't seen the first terrifier <laughs> certainly make sure you see it before you see the first one or go back and watch all hallows eve which has the first segment where art the clown came from yeah, although that's not um, the same actor i don't think i've seen that wait it's not wait, the same yeah. actor and it doesn't even look like him as much but that is where art the clown as a character originated mm-hmm. in the anthology all hallows eve send me send me a link i, I don't it's think on i've TV. seen that so 
It's on Tubi. Okay. Yeah, All Hallows Eve. Send me uh, a link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the link is Don't make me Tubi. do work. <laughs> Tubi. Just typed in Tubi. Guys, I only have one day off this week. <laughs> Send me a link. I can't be typing in Tubi. Um, anyway, uh, Terrifier, like, it's not even necessarily my type of flip. Like, I don't tend to gravitate towards, like, the ultra super hyper violent just for the sake of it but something about it in that movie like it just is shocking and over the top and works uh and i'm excited Let's to talk about terrifier too clothespin guys i mean i feel like <laughs> yeah. i said other things like we we get it we get a clothespin body i yeah. mean you don't you don't even know the reference you don't even understand what i'm saying but like yeah let your imagination go places <laughs> yeah and then also <laughs> let that yeah the, <laughs> in the context uh, of this is a very ultra take a violent look. horror it's in movie. a book reading rainbow <laughs> yeah no but it was it's um uh uh that's not even the most brutal i mean that's the most okay we got, over the top, we, get, we got plenty of time we're gonna have a whole episode we're not I, talking about I don't terrifier know why. guys we're getting Let's off on a whole thing up. with we're terrifier, not talking guys. About terrifier we'll Stop talk about it making next week. me talk about terrifier Stop. guys we're gonna have a whole episode about it <laughs> Okay, okay. We'll hold on. So we can even, we can even sh- touch on the first one, you know? Make sure you tune in next week on All Hallows Eve. Hail Satan, you guys, as we talk about Terrifier 2, but also undoubtedly talk about um, T1, Terrifier 1, which I'm going to adopt this, this as well. Now. <laughs> I'm glad you guys instantly jumped on board because no yeah. one understands I made that up as we yeah. were talking. I'm going to start, go, I'm taking it to a step further where it's like <laughs> if I if I haven't watched Terrifier in a while, I'm going to say that I have low T. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, boys and ghouls, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Mr. October. <laughs> See, I, I forgot Reggie Jackson. So, See you later. Fuck off. Bye. Bye. <laughs>